Welcome back to the Freedom and Scrubs podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron G. This is episode 52. And this is part one of a travel budget series that we're kicking off. And today we're going to dive into what type of traveler are you? So before we get into this episode, um, we actually, after we recorded the episode, we realized, wait a minute, we kind of wanted to say something just to kind of put it out there before we jump into not only this episode, but the entire series that's going to follow this episode. Yeah, this is, we are ta- when we are talking about budget travel series, when we're talking about what kind of traveler you are, which is what this episode is about, we're talking about long-term travel here. We're not talking about a vacation. We're not talking about, you know, two a week weeks or two, yeah. in Hawaii. We're talking about taking three months off or six months off or a year off. This is really to help people get prepared for taking a gap year, a gap amount of time off, a longer period of time. So we just wanted to like preface that um, because that's what we're that's what we're getting into. I love it. Okay, let's you get into good? the episode. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to the show, guys. Happy. Happy what? Happy Monday. Tuesday. Monday. Or no? Well. Yeah. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> so happy Tuesday is when the podcast comes wow. out. Yes, we are recording on Monday. We are recording last minute, per usual. And we're still in Ormond Beach. Nothing much has changed. We're in the same studio as we were. Well, nothing has changed, but everything has changed. Correct. (laughs) Nothing physical has changed. We're no longer doing an East Coast road trip. I think we talked about that a little bit last week, but that has been canceled due to COVID. Um, Cruising around all over the country isn't really the best idea right now, clearly. So we think we're going to head up to Asheville and kind of spend a couple weeks in the mountains, just hiking, restoring, getting some work done. We have yeah. a couple new projects we want to dive into. And so just kind of giving ourselves some breathing room with some fresh mountain Yeah, we air. wanted that that incubation space. And honestly, I'm kind of already over the summer in Florida. I'm um, over it. I yes- can't go to the beach y- one more time. Yesterday just about like got me. I was out in the sun all day yesterday, which was super nice. But now I'm like, okay, I'm kind of ready for some cooler temperatures. Well, you mowed the lawn at three, like what time was it? 12 or like one o'clock. Like the hottest, hottest part of the day yeah. in Florida. It was like a hundred degrees, a hundred percent humidity. And not only did you mow the lawn at like 12, but we went for a run at like 10. Yeah. Which is very hot. And we're just, again, like we love the beach, but we're over it. We're so tan. I, I literally look in the mirror and that, scream. That I want to keep. I know. I don't want to like It's a it. good base layer. I love my Florida tan. Yeah. But we're trading in the Florida tan. We're heading into the mountains. And that is kind of what we're thinking for the next step. I've reached out to um, one of my recruiters and basically I have him looking for me for a contract to start. August 3rd. Yeah. So that's where we just wanted this space, like an incubation space to be able to go kind of control our own environment. Um, as you can see a pattern, if you're listening <laughs> to the last couple of weeks, um, we really enjoy being able to control that environment. Um, get some work done, but still have a place to go out the front door and go explore something new and be excited about it. Yeah. So basically have put our trip on hold until next year. We have five months left and we're going to kind of ride this baby out, make some money, hopefully go somewhere cool. Fingers crossed, Colorado, Oregon. 
Yeah, Pacific Northwest yeah. for a contract. We'll keep you guys posted when we hear mm-hmm. something. That's kind of where we're at. We're all caught up with yeah. the, what's happening over here. I do really like it, though, because this is giving us time, just like this series that I'm really excited that Kim came up with. Well, I kind of, it was a mutual thing, I guess, because I mentioned on the last podcast we were going to do a podcast on what kind of traveler are you, because that was a big moment, and mm-hmm. then that triggered you to say, let's do an entire like budget series. Which I think is what, you know, we get a lot of questions and you guys have been asking about. So I think we're coming to the table with um, answering some of your questions. But um, this gives us like really five months to to build this up, to give you guys the lead in to our adult gap year, which we are still holding as our end prize um, whenever this coronavirus clears up. That's the goal. And we're hoping we can leave January of next year. That's the, the It would plan. be really cool to do January 11th. That's what I said. I know. Because 11-11, or 1-11, that would be... 1-11-21. And we left for Bali, 1-11-17. Yep. So it's kind of like a full full circle moment. But we wanted to do this travel budget series because, A, we're obviously gearing up for our own gap year. We're going to be talking a lot about gap year. And when we say gap year, again, we're, we're taking a year, but you can really go back if you haven't listened to that episode last week. We really dive into it. But we're talking about an extended period of time off. So whether you're planning a month or three months or six months or you're going crazy like us and you're taking a year. Or more. This this budget series, because one of the questions we get asked the most is like, how are you financially like planning for this? How are you like, what steps did you take to be able to set yourselves up to do this? And so with this series, we kind of want to break that down and hopefully give you some good juicy insight and tips and tricks so that you can start planning your gap year. And since we all have a lot of time right now, because nobody is traveling, nobody can really go anywhere right now. It's the perfect like uh, uh, segue incubation period to be able to get your affairs in order and start making a plan so that you can start saving so that when we can start traveling again you're excited and you're and you're ready to go right no and i think the number one thing i mean i'd I'd put it out there pretty boldly the number one thing that keeps people from doing this is finances oh 100 percent and time and time but the beauty of all of our healthcare traveling friends that are listening to this is that being a healthcare traveler really Put you ahead of the game because it allows us not only a great way or an easier way to make a lot more money in a faster period of time, but it also allows us being able to take a lot of time off. Correct. Much easier than if we were, you know, grinding it out at 95. But that being said, there's tons of people who take, you know, sabbaticals and gap years. If you are working a nine to five, it's just more complicated where we have such an easier setup as healthcare travelers. Correct. And so I think we it's very doable for us. And we're excited to share what we've learned so we can help inspire other people to set up their own gap time. I so, love it. I love it. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. So this episode, we're going to focus on what kind of traveler are you? And this is the very first step because when you know what kind of traveler you are, mm-hmm. it's going to help you figure out what your budget is going to be, give or take. Right. And I think, too, I want to put a little caveat there as well is, you know, the one thing that we did realize when we took our first three months off to go Southeast Asia, we had no idea. And we're going to dive deep into that. So if your first trigger is like, well, I don't know what kind of traveler I am. Um, I, I feel like I'm this. I feel like I'm that. 
Um, it, there does there is that little bit of trial and error that you will learn, but understanding what we're going to teach you in this podcast, I think will give you a bigger head start than what we had. Yeah, I think it will give you some insight because we're going to break it down so you can be like, oh, I think I fall more into this category. Okay, cool. And you really won't know until you are out there, but at least you can get somewhat of an idea because Aaron and I thought we were going to be these like crazy budget travelers when we mm-hmm. left for Southeast Asia and we couldn't have been been more wrong and we just figured it out from like doing it and realizing like let's just be honest and real with ourselves about like the habits we have and like this you know like what we kept doing over and over again like we're not super budget travelers so like let's just own it but we also went into that bali trip saying that we were gonna live in southeast asia yeah so obviously we had a different mindset so if you know you're going for a trip for you know whatever time frame you're putting it on I think also having this podcast here will help you in, in, in that area. Not saying we're going to live there, so we need to like have the same things that we have in America. That just set us up for a bad situation. Right, because we were trying to be like comfortable. Yeah, we had like huge villas and like we just didn't need all that stuff. Totally, yeah. Well, we have a different perspective now going into this gap year because it's mm-hmm. all about travel. It's all about moving um, and like being in that traveler mindset. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing is... Um, Again, knowing what kind of traveler you are, that's what we're going to go through here. And the other thing I just want to throw this out there too, um, as a side note, and we are going to do the, a whole uh, episode on just budget, but knowing that if you know where you want to go in the world, budgeting will help with that too because traveling through like Southeast Asia or South America or somewhere like that, your budget's going to look very, very different. And you can get a buy. You can get by with far less. And if you're traveling to like New Zealand, Australia, Europe, it's it's much more expensive there. Yes. So just kind of wanted to throw that out Perfect. as like a side note. Perfect. Okay. Um, the other thing I just want to throw out there is like we just said, you know, we thought we were budget travelers, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like listening, listening to this podcast. And then having a real honest conversation with yourself, with your the person you're going to be traveling with, and kind of taking what we say and like being just being honest about what you like, what you enjoy, what kind of traveler do you like? Are you really going to be? Because you don't want to say I'm going to be this budget traveler and only save X amount, and then you get out there and you end up spending way more money than you initially thought because you realize like we did we're not budget travelers right right? and those are one things of like if you are super picky about food that needs to be considered if you're not one to be adventurous with food or try new things like that that's gonna increase your budget a little bit because you're gonna be less likely to eat at the markets and you'd have to go find something that's more american prepared which is gonna be more cost costly to you like just your room stays and all those things that we're going to talk about. Um, but those are things to really think about. Just be real with yourself. Correct. Be honest with yourself. If you're a bougie traveler, own it. Like if you like to stay in more expensive hotels, own it. Just be realistic with yourself so that you're properly setting yourself up. If you only want to eat at McDonald's, if you only want to eat at Michelin star restaurants, whatever it is, just be honest yes. with yourself so you can prepare for what type of trip and budget you're going to need. Yep. Right. Okay. All right. So the first so, type of traveler is the shoestring budget backpacker traveler. This is well, liter- hold on. Before, so okay. I I want to say all the travelers, and then oh. we're going to break them down okay. into each section. Okay. 
So there's three different types of travelers. Well, there's probably more, but these are the yeah. three that we're going to talk about. The shoestring budget backpacker traveler, the mid-level traveler, and then the bougie-ass traveler. Yeah. Well, I love how you threw an ass. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment. And then also in Kim's notes, she wrote boogie. Um, which is her nickname, um, which is kind of funny because I I, I, she could fit into that. I don't know bit. how to spell bougie. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's start with the shoestring budget traveler. All right, cool. So honestly, this is hilarious because, you know, there's a lot of shoestring budget travelers that are on YouTube. And when Kim and I first were going to Bali and Southeast Asia and Philippines and Thailand and all that stuff, we were watching a lot of these YouTube videos. And so we were seeing them and we were like, that's us. Like, we can do that. Like, we were so excited. And we got there and realized, womp womp. Like, that is not what we, how we like to travel. No, we're not like 20 years old. Correct. Like, we're, so what is a shoestring traveler? So this is typically like the younger crowd, right? The people who graduate college, they start traveling, they have their gap year, like way back in the day, not when they're like in their thirties. I will say that there are adults that are shoestring travelers too. There absolutely are. So like, yes, it's typically younger, but there are older adults too um, that travel on a shoestring budget. And a shoestring budget just means like a very, very small budget. Yes. And that's Um, what we're saying is we said the younger crowd and Kim said most adults travel this way as well. So if you feel like you're fitting into these categories then that's you, that's, that's right. Totally. We're we're not saying that like whatever. So yeah, I gotcha. Right. You don't have to be young to fit into this category. Correct. Okay. So they typically will like stay in dorms at hostels. Uh, dorms are when you have bunk beds and there's, you know, a bunch of people in one room. Mm-hmm. Um, they hitchhike to get to places to save on transportation. They couch surf, which is a free way you can crash on people's couches um, where you don't have to pay for hotels and accommodations. They eat the cheapest food every day, street food or just, you know, hostel food, whatever, like whatever the cheapest way to eat is. Um, they don't typically do any tours or activities. They kind of just do everything on their own. Like renting their own, you know, motorbike and traveling around and not actually hiring a driver that will take you from place A Mm -hmm. to place B. Um, and then there's also, uh, really good books and, and resources out there. And like I said, there's a lot of YouTubers that are very big on traveling on a budget um, that you could use for guides if, if that sounds like you. I also want to go back to the dorm situation. Um, for all of you that maybe don't know, there are um, even like female only uh, dorm styles or male only dorm styles or co ed. So yeah. there is the options that even if you wanted to be a budget traveler and you heard Kim say dorm and you think, oh my gosh, I'm in a room with a bunch of strangers, guys and girls, that sounds crazy, but um, there are female only dorms as well. Totally. Yeah, so these people are just like getting by on as little as possible and they are, I mean, there's there's uh, tra- budget travelers that will have like a $15 a day <laughs> budget, which is like insane yeah. to yeah. me, but they can do it or 20 bucks a day because like these hostels, if you're staying in a dorm, I mean, you easily can do five bucks, seven bucks. Again, depending on where you are in the world, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and then they're spending a dollar on food or, you know, per meal. So it's very doable when you're traveling in that kind of a way where they, like I said, 20 bucks a day, like that's their budget. Well, in Southeast Asia, you can literally get an entire plate of food that will fill you up for a day and a half. 
um, off of $3. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, so this is, I think, is there anything else you want to say about this? This is just like the cheapest possible way that you can travel. Well, this and, is absolutely yeah. not us or how no. we travel, but this is like the typical backpacker budget traveler. Yeah, and I think a lot of those backpackers do go to Southeast Asia because it is, like Kim said at the beginning, a lot. your money goes a lot farther in that area. So, you know, if you are backpacking Europe, then obviously 15 bucks a day might not get you as far. Right, totally. Um, okay, so that's the, the shoestring budgeter. And again, like... You might, you know, 15 bucks a day is might be a little bit crazy, but you might be somebody who could do like 30 bucks a day and you're right. open to staying, you know, in a dorm here and there and you're open to couch surf here and there. Yeah. And like you're, you know, couch surfing is honestly not anything I'm interested in, but like, um, there's a YouTube channel called, um, oh my God, my mind just went uh, they do the budget travelers. Budget travelers. And they, it's a really cool series, just like a side note. They have like a thousand dollars and they travel in one place for as long as they possibly can. And when the thousand dollars runs out, they're done. So each place they go is a different series. And so they couch surf and they hitchhike and they just stay in the cheapest, like they literally slept in like a gas station one night. Mm -hmm. Like they do everything they can to spread out and like make their budget last but they do couch surfing and so a lot like like a lot of like yeah. many nights they'll do couch surfing and so it was kind of cool because it's not anything I would be into but like they meet the coolest people yeah and then they take them out and they show them places and I mean there's a whole community and culture around it and so that could be something that you're interested in doing yep I'm personally not because I just like privacy yeah but I agree I want to go unwind from my day in my own place and like take Not my own shower. On couch. Right, exactly. Anyways, there's a website. It's like couchsurfing.com. Yeah, so you I can mean, check that out. We barely even couch surf when we're in Florida. Like, it's kind of like we do that for a very small amount of time. I mean, we're ready to go and we have a beautiful place right now. Screw couch surfing. We don't even like to be, we have like a bedroom in someone's house and we're like, we need our own space. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's and what we I'm know saying. these people, they're our family. Right. So, yeah, but if you're more adventurous, like, that could be a great um, option. Also, just throwing this in there, too, um, there's uh, there's house-sitting.com. Yeah. There's workaway.com, which is based – workaway is, like, a work-stay uh, exchange program where you can go and help people out on farms and, like, all different types of jobs. Mm-hmm. And in exchange, they give you room and board for free. Yeah. That's a great option. Yeah. House-sitting. Yep. The um, the New York couple on YouTube, they did it in Australia. Yeah. And they stayed at a farm and they had yard work to do. And then once their yard work and their duties were done for the day, they got to go explore. And they also had a family that showed them where to go. And it was a really cool experience. I actually, like, looked into this because there, there's all kinds of really cool jobs. There was, like, helping out in a wild in France and you get to stay in this chalet what? like yeah there's all kinds of like that would be amazing but you have to work that's the thing that's fine but you put in like a couple hours a day you obviously each place you go will have a different agreement that you have to like you know agree to whatever and then you do your couple hours a day and then you have the free time to do whatever you want and you get to stay in the place for free Dude, i didn't know about the chalet one yeah i I've, would i would do that yeah there's a lot of cool jobs like it's an awesome option for people on a budget that want to have like a different type of experience yeah obviously that's a very different type of experience 
Um, but there's all kinds of like really cool stuff. And then the house sitting, Aaron and I are actually on that website and that's a great one for Europe since Europe is more expensive. But basically, again, it's all different depending on the needs of the people, but you like pet sit or you do some kind of helpful work for them or whatever, or you're just watching their house and you get to stay in their house for free and they're not there. Yes. So those are all great options if you really want to maximize your budget. Mm -hmm. And especially because accommodations are like accommodations and food are the most expensive things. So anyways, those are some options for you. Yeah. Did you want to, did we actually, are we going to get into the fact of like what the, when we say 15 bucks a day, what that is considered? Like what goes into that 15 bucks a day? What goes into that different price per day? Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. Okay. Go ahead. Well, so... (laughs) <laughs> i didn't know if i didn't know if i was gonna skip ahead or something like that because you know how i always like go ahead but we have like this like whatever i think it's just very quickly what goes into your daily budget is like your it's your daily budget it's your your accommodations where are you staying it's your food it's getting around it's the activities that you're doing for the day it's getting your coffee it's everything that you would typically spend in a day, right? What you're in your and and what you do in that day is going to depend on how much money you have per day. Correct, and that's not including long term or not like long distance travel, like a flight. That does not include your fifteen dollars a day because that's where when Kim was first bringing this to me, I was like, "There's no way that we're going to be able to travel from South America to Europe and on a plane and stay under our hundred dollar a day budget." Right. So that's where I just wanted to be clear with what it included. And we actually were even talking about it before we went live. Um, obviously, on $15 a day, that's why she said the backpackers do a lot of the stuff on their on their own. They'll rent a scooter and go these different places because all they have to do is get gas for their scooter, which is not very much. And they're not booking like expensive tours. Exactly. Because, so right. you're jumping ahead. No, I know. I'm just... Um, okay, so you always do that. I know, so that's why I asked, but then I ended up doing it. But. Okay, so let's get into the next section because okay. Aaron just did a great segue there. Um, the mid-level traveler. So this is us, and this yes. is still a budget traveler, but mid-level where we have more wiggle room. We're not trying to live off 20 bucks a day. That just isn't going to work for us. Like, we're, we're grown, we're married, we're, you know, a little bit older. We like we're, our privacy, as we said. Yeah, we like to be, we like our privacy, we like to be alone. I mean, honestly, we're not... We're not people, like, even as healthcare travelers, like, we don't, like, just rent a room from somebody. No. Like, even when I was taking a contract solo by myself, I didn't even want to rent a room from somebody. I would rather pay more money to have my own space because I just value, like, my own space, my own quiet. When I close the door, it's just me. And so for us, we're always going to pay a little bit more for that because I'll never crash in, like, a dorm room. Correct. I feel the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think too, like getting into it, we also want to be comfortable. Like there, there's little things that I think about that like, for instance, if you're in a dorm room and somebody is sleeping there and they like it really hot, but like I like to sleep really cold. Like I want to be able to control my own temperature in my room. Yeah, or I wanna... get up and go take a poop and, <laughs> yeah. and like you're not like waiting for somebody to finish up brushing their teeth like right. while you're pooping your pants. Right. Like I want my own bathroom. I don't want to share it. Right. 
And and we learned that in van life too. It was just like yeah. we shared a bathroom with everybody because we were camping and that was fine. But I miss just having my own private bathroom to like kick back with an Instagram story and yeah. just do my business. Exactly. Without exactly. being rushed or somebody listening in the next stall. Exactly. Um, that being said, like we still are basic. Like we don't need anything fancy. We just like to be comfortable. We like to be clean. And, uh, and honestly, we will Wait, stay we like to be clean. <laughs> I would hope most people like to be clean, <laughs> like the place to be clean. Oh, I got you. I like to be clean too. Sometimes yeah. depending on the yeah. day. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, we just want a very basic, comfortable place. Honestly, that's all we really care about. So we always try to find a cheap place that's in a good location. And here's the thing. Hostels are a great great way to stay within a budget but also be in a great location and and so here's here's the tip that hostels have private rooms yes and bathrooms and that's what we book so we're not staying in a dorm where if we stayed in the dorm say it'd be you know five bucks a night three bucks a night Seven. Yeah, let's say ten dollars. Okay. Where if we got our own room, it's you know twenty five. Well, we're willing to pay that fifteen dollars extra because then we have our own space and our own bathroom, and we've done this quite a few times. And I love the hot. So don't like, you know, think hostels are just for like the young crazies because hostels are great because they're in great locations. Yes. They're usually in really good locations. It's a great way to meet other people because there's always a communal area where you can connect and talk with other travelers. And the people that work at the hostels are great people to talk to about like what to do in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great resources and guides. And so hostels are just like a really cool hub to... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and don't let hostels scare you if you're in your 30s, 40s, or even above. I, we were just, uh, weren't you listening to a podcast that the guy was like over 50 and yeah. he was kind of nervous about hostels thinking he was going to be like the dad of everybody yeah. or even the granddad of everybody. Yeah. Um, and he went there and realized that there was a bunch of people, there was a good amount of people that were even his age there that he met while being there because all ages go to hostels because like Kim said, they're always in that central location. And the cool part is, is it is all travelers and they're all usually from all different countries and you just they always have like events or you know that common room that you can go and just meet people and everybody is like wanting to talk and share their stories and it's just a great central place to go i will add that there are also known like party hostels and a lot of times they'll be like the party hostel and then next door is like the quiet hostel so if you are looking into that, then you can stay at the quiet hostel. And then, you know, if you still want to let loose one night, no matter what age you are, you could just walk across to the party hostel and go to the party and then head back to the other hostel. Yeah. And um, and that's a good tip because we we do a lot of uh, booking Airbnbs, hotel, or not Airbnbs, but like hotels, hostels, all of that kind of stuff on booking.com, which is a great resource because it will have, you can put like your budget in Mm -hmm. and they'll have hostels on there too, or hostel world, another one, but you can read the reviews. So like read the reviews. And if it says like, this is a known party hostel, like that's probably not where you're going to want to stay, but most. Unless you want to party. (laughs) Yeah. Unless that's your vibe. And then it's just it's like four in the morning, you know, and if that's your vibe, like good on you. But you can read the reviews and decide which, which one's going to be a best fit for you. So just kind of rounding that out like we're we're definitely 
basic accommodations, clean, comfortable, but I would rather spend less on my hotel and less on my stay and just have like a, a basic place to go back to and have more money in my budget for like food and going out and like tours and stuff yeah. because that's what's more important to me. Okay. And so if we've lost you guys, we are still talking about mid-level travelers, which is what we are. Exactly. Yeah. So like as an example of that, when we were in Chiang Mai, Thailand, again, like, you know, people are... We're used to being in in the United States where hotels, I mean, a Motel 6 is like a hundred bucks a night. Like it's insanity. Um, But in in most places around the world, you can find really good deals and in cheaper places to stay. So when we were in Chiang Mai, our hotel, or not our, yeah, it was like a guest house kind of a thing. It was $18 a night, which is insane. Yeah. But it was our own room, our own bathroom. It was in a perfect location you could walk to everything it was clean granted you did have to shower over the toilet situation but that's very typical in southeast asia anyways it is something you had to get used to yeah because then the floors are all wet and i'm weird about like water because then i'd walk in with my socks and i'm like ah this is like a disaster but it was clean it was simple it was basic for 18 bucks a night and like kim said the location was insane because we found out we were right around the corner from the like extravagant old town Sunday market. Mm. And so we could just walk right into the heart of the market. And it was just so cool to be in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So again, we're gonna we're talking about the mid-level traveler. So this is like a step up from the budget traveler. And we wanna put most of our time we're gonna put pretty much all of our time and energy into this section because this is obviously us, and I feel like most people listening will kind of fall into this category. And we didn't put a dollar amount because we gave the dollar amount for the budget traveler, but we didn't give one for the mid-level travelers of what we're thinking per day. So um, I put that – we have notes in front of us because oh. I love a good Google Doc, so mm-hmm. I oh, okay. actually had already put that down. All right, so we'll get there. Okay, so let's move into the food portion yes, of the mid-level my traveler. Our favorite, obviously, we like if we could. What we spend all of our money on in life is basically food. Like we just had this conversation. Food and drinks. Yeah, we're like, you know, in Florida for the last month, and we're like, where's all our money going? And we're like, (laughs) oh, going out to eat and drinking. Yes, pretty much, (laughs) pretty much. Because I mean, even though we're from this area, we still like to try new places that we've never been. And then Kim and I have it in our heads that when we try it, we have to try it. Like, I mean, we're getting appetizers couple entrees drinks we hit it hard hard. we hit it hard we're food people we're foodies we love food it's part of it's part of what's important to us so we're always going to spend more money on i also want to side sidetrack that literally everything we watch and just from our own experiences and and people have different like levels of, of what they enjoy with food but what i have seen the fastest way to understand a culture and people is through food. That is why there's so many food shows out there and you can really bond over the culture and the food whenever you're eating at these different restaurants. Yeah. I I just really feel that's the way that it really is an internal and external cultural understanding is through food. Yeah, because you get your belly full and you get to talk to the people and like if they're helping you, like you're like, I don't know how to eat this and then they can kind of walk you through and people love to talk about their food and they love to talk about their culture and it's like a great kind of um, uh, conversation starter. Correct, but okay. plus you learn a lot about the history too of where this food came from and why why this food is, is at, in this area and how it came about and just there's so much conversation and rich history 
through food. So that's why I love it so much. Because like you said, I get to eat something really cool that's satisfying and amazing that I've never had. But I also get to learn a lot about the culture of the area and the people. Okay, so with food, we'll be eating lots of street food and food from markets. Which again, seems kind of weird to say coming from the United States. That's not very normal here. But in other parts of the world, like that's very normal. And most of the delicious food that you can get, the most authentic um, the safest. cheapest, the safest will come from street food or market food, especially yep. in places like Southeast Asia or South America. Like that's where you want to go to eat. I mean, you, you can go to like a market, like we went to the market in Chiang Mai and got like pad thai and dumplings and um lo mein we, we got a we tried a bunch of different mm-hmm. stuff soups and it was like um, a couple bucks it was and then what about in gilly and gilly yeah the gilly islands that market oh my god we ate so much food and then we counted it up and my plate was so full with a beer and it was like three dollars yeah i mean you really you can when you eat that it's it's like eating in the local way and again like we love markets and street food but also just like eating in like the local restaurants like there's always going to be restaurants that are geared towards tourists yes um you're going to pay for it you're going to pay the 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 pretty penny for that but if you can stick to the markets and the local restaurants and you can find these local restaurants by asking people by asking the, the the people at the hostel by you know YouTubing by walk, reading blogs all of that kind of getting the inside scoop go to the local places you're gonna pay far less again talking a couple bucks every single meal that is gonna keep your budget down so yeah, much and this is something that we had to learn because when we first started traveling yes we did go to the markets but Kim and I still went you know there was a portion in in Chiang Mai where we left Old Town and went to the new part. Because we wanted like some familiar food. So we went to these salad places and we went to Subway and we went and had like sushi from like Chicago, like a Chicago guy moved to Chiang Mai and was serving some of the best sushi I've ever had. But you're like Kim said, those meals were 50, 40 US, which is crazy. When you're getting, you know, a whole plate of pad thai and authentic pad thai or cow soy or all this like really yummy food for two dollars so again now that being said we are always going back to the type of traveler we are we're always gonna have nights where we want to go out and we want to splurge yes we love going out and having a sit down dinner where we're going somewhere nicer. We get to, and again, we still want to indulge in the local food, but it's a nicer place where we can get drinks and we can have this full on experience because for us, that's really, really important to us. So we always have a balance of like the markets and the street food, but then also having like once a week or something where we're going to go out and we're going to have like a nicer type of dinner. And we're going to hit one of those touristy places, but it's a more authentic local touristy place that you might pay a little bit more um kim might actually get a higher price drink than just some like low budget beer yeah and we're gonna really enjoy our night exactly and that's important to us so like we know that's always going to be a part of our budget because it's just natural naturally what we like to do also on the other side of that when we like when we were in bali i'm somebody who loves like smoothies and potions and juices and elixirs (laughs) all of the like good like healthy things Mm -hmm. i i'm like 
I'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. And Bali is like the Mecca for, for that kind of food. And so again, when we were going to those kind of places, because I really enjoyed those, those like boutique places. Yeah. We paid a lot more money for that. 100%. That wasn't catered for the like local Batman. people. Oh that was God. catered for people like me. Like, mm-hmm. And so we paid a lot more for that. But it's just part of what we know we're going to do as travelers. So yeah. we have to allot that in our budget. That's why we know we're not going to be like a, stu- a shoestring budgeter. Correct. Right? So know yourself. If you know you're someone who's going to want to get a special smoothie every now and again or a special potion or go out and have martinis one night or, you know, go to a sit-down restaurant, like your budget's going to look very different than the person who's eating street food every single night. Correct. Correct. So again, just having that honest conversation. We'll jump into, um, also I want to say too, just about the cocktails for all my drinker people out there. Um, when you are in Southeast Asia, anything liquor, one, is going to be more expensive and two, is a little bit more dangerous when it comes down to like, you got to make sure that, you know, the liquor was a brand name that you understand because they don't have the same regulations when it comes down to, you know, vodkas and, and rums and, and things like that. So you're going to pay a pretty penny if there's a Grey Goose because they had to get it imported and that's going to cost a lot more money, whereas, you know, it's just a lot safer to go with the local beer. Yeah. So just for you to know that. Alcohol can be very expensive in places like Southeast Asia because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely something to think about because mm-hmm. your your budget will go up. Where you can get a, like a Bintang, a Bintang is like a Balinese beer or like a Chang, which is a Thailand beer, where you can literally get that for like a dollar. Yeah. And I could get like a, you know, what do I drink? Like a tequila drink and it would be like 20 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just crazy. Yeah. Okay. So tours and activities. Again, this is going to up your budget. So something to think about if you're somebody who thinks that you would probably want to do some kind of tours and and different things and activities, adventures, then you're going to have to allot this in your budget. So we like to do a mix of both. We love to go off, do our own thing, explore, get off the beaten path and kind of just like walk around or or get on a scooter and go explore. Well, that's a good story. But. Just that's one thing that we've also, like I said, you're going to learn about being out there. Like once you're out there in the open and on your trip, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And to be honest with you, Kim and I didn't prepare very well with um, when, when, on our first trip. And the thought of jumping on a scooter, riding with Kim on the back in Bali scared the living shit out of us. To be honest with you, I, now I'm really excited about it because we have more experience with it. So Kim and I would hire a driver to take us everywhere. That started chipping away at our budget because of like how much it would cost to hire a driver for the day and then tipping that driver. And then we're heavy tippers and which I've got to get better about. Um, and so now going into it, making sure that we had, you know, the GPS or getting well, the... Well, can I, I want to say something because... We, when we were in Bali, we had a scooter and we got around everywhere in a scooter. We went to the stores. Like we, we literally went everywhere on our scooter and we were super comfortable in it. The thing was we didn't go out and explore on our own and like outside of town, like, you know, where we were going to have to like drive on the main highway and things like that because 
at the time we didn't realize we needed to get a um, local sim card. local sim card which then would have given us GPS because we didn't know where we were going. Correct. And so that was just part of being a newer traveler that now if we had GPS, then we would have totally went places Correct. because we were pretty comfortable on the scooter. I mean, some of us more than others. Yeah. I definitely got more comfortable once we were like, yeah, you know, it. but those are the things that we kind of learned that we're like, holy crap. Looking back, if we would have had the SIM card, we could have had the GPS. We would have just taken our scooter everywhere, you know, for these further drives that we were hiring drivers to take us to these further places where if we would have just taken the scooter, we would have saved ourselves so much money. Correct. So I just wanted to put like context behind it because it is one of those things that you look back and you're just like, yeah, in retrospect, we would do it differently because then we have more freedom without having to have somebody take us there. You know what I mean? Correct. Okay. So we were talking about tours and activities and like we like to do a mix of both um, to where we'll explore like the markets. We'll go walk around like that doesn't cost you anything other than what you're going to eat. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But we do like to do like activities. So like for us, like food tours, that's something that we love to do because you get to get out and learn about like the different food from the like a a local like Mm -hmm. they're taking you around. And then we love to ask them like, okay if you can schedule it for like the beginning of your trip of your time there, then you can ask them like get a local, like a list of places that they would go, they would take their friends and then we get to use that for the remainder of our stay of, there. of our stay. Yeah. And you also learn about the history and like mm-hmm. you just, you have a local there that you can like pick their brain. And so for us, that's something that we like to spend money on because we get so much out of it. Well, and like Kim said, we like to spend our money on it, but we also like to do it like the first day we're there. Uh, yeah, and another like little like side tip is that most, pretty much every major big place that you're gonna go, they'll offer walking tours that are free, and all you have to do is give a tip. And so that's something when we go on our gap year, we want to incorporate into everywhere we go because it's a great way to get a lay of the land and get an idea of really what you want to see and learn about the culture through a local as well. So that's like a great tip and that's free. So that's like something we're going to start adding on because I think it's a great way to to get a lay of the land. Um, But also things like, you know, whitewater rafting, doing a hiking tour, snorkeling, scuba diving. Um, You know, when we were in Bali, one thing that we did was that was like a tour thing was we did a sunrise hike to the top of a volcano and it was like one of the coolest things we it ever really did. was it was worth every penny every penny every penny and we actually hired a driver there because you have to get up at like three in the morning which i think i was actually just when we were talking about it, i was thinking how cool would that have been to jump on the scooter and just go you know on our own yeah um but we did hire the driver that we were staying at his house um he was also you know drive us anywhere we wanted to go so we had him we got in the car we went and that was literally i don't care if that would have been you know 400 us i would have done that in a heartbeat it was really cool so i think it's like looking at where you're going and then seeing kind of what are the activities in the area and then obviously I mean, depending on your budget, again, this is up to you, but with us, we can't do everything we right. want to do or because these activities add up. These are going to add to your budget, but pick like one or two things that you know that you really want to do and it's worth the, the, the extra money. And so again, we're going to kind of play around with that wherever we go and say, okay, we know we want to do a food tour. And then what's like one other thing that we know that we really want to do. 
And if you're in a place where like you have your daily budget and so say on one day you didn't really do very much and you did a free walking tour and then you, you know, spent a couple bucks for food and you have all this money left over in your budget, that can roll over into the next day and that could be money to go towards um, a cool activity that you want to do, like whitewater rafting or something like that. And I also want to say too that like, we are talking about extended travel. That is going to be another one of the podcasts, um, hopefully mm-hmm. soon, about long-term versus short-term travel. Um, because if you're talking about long-term gap year, um, gap months um, is a lot different than just going to Bali for a week. Then mm-hmm. it's like do an activity every single day. Who cares? But if you're trying to extend your money for a year or for a longer time, this is when you have to be more selective about you can't do an activity every single day. Yeah, that's a good point. We should have said that from the beginning. Yeah, that's like right. we're talking about long travel here, people. So again, your your gap time. So gap year, gap six months, which we gap did three. Say. Yeah, but this is definitely longer travel. If you're just on vacation, do whatever the hell you want, yeah, right? Like go on at vacation, it. we we splurge and we go big. But we're talking about being on a long like trip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing is just, we've already kind of talked about this. Oh, like we stay in very basic places, but there are definitely times that we know that we're going to want to stay in a nicer place. We're going to splurge on kind of a nicer hotel. Yeah, and we usually do that. Like in Bali, we stayed at this place called LV8. It was in Chenggu. Um, it was a five-star resort for like, what, 80, 80 bucks a night? I mean, it was still super cheap. Literally, that would have been like $400 US, 500 probably in the US yeah. because of it was like the infinity pool with like the bars and just the massage place. I mean, it was literally was next level. The room was bigger than most apartments we stay in in the U.S. It was massive, and there was room service. It was fantastic, and Kim and I will splurge on that every once in a while because we do like that lounge by the pool once we've been like, go, 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 go. It's nice to just take a break, stay in a nice place, be really waited on and catered to for a night or two. Yeah, so we might... Say, okay, if and we're going to talk about what our budget's going to be in just a minute. But, like, for instance, we might say, okay, today let's really, like, cut back and roll this over so that we can go splurge in a nice hotel because we're really in the need for just kind of that, like, rest and relaxation. Yeah. And, again, we know ourselves enough by now and just through our traveler be, or traveling of things that we know we're going to do. I mean, even in New Zealand, we're in a van, you know, but we got a hotel a couple nights because we just really needed that like comfortable bed and hot shower. And we were willing to spend the extra money because we needed it. Yeah. And it was the best thing when I parked that van in a parking spot and waved goodbye to her and said, we'll see you tomorrow because we need a a night away. Oh my gosh. It was like the Ritz Carlton. It was amazing. Oh, so nice. Um, Okay, so, you know, and again, like, just real talk here. Like, we honestly have never been the best at keeping a budget. This is something we are personally working on. We are personally trying to get better at and really trying for our year because we're taking an entire year of travel. We've saved for a year of travel based Mm -hmm. off our daily budget. And so for us, we really want to get better at it so that, we can go for the entire year and not just blow through all of our money and have to come back in five months. And I think just a little bit on that, um, we've just recently starting this week because we are you know, living in Florida. We do not have jobs right now. We do not want to spend our travel money that we've saved up for our gap year. So we've been really trying to budget. And I got to say, the minute that we put a number on it and mm-hmm. said, this is what we have per day, 
period. And if we have a little bit extra, well, then that rolls into the next day. But this is the amount of money that we have that we're willing to spend. This is how many days until some more money comes in. And so these are what we have. And we've actually done really, really good for this, for the little bit of time that we've been doing this. And so if we can do it here in America, I think we'll be really good going into our year. So it's almost like we're practicing right now. Yeah. You have, it's like everything. It's like you have to practice. You have to get used to it. And having a daily budget definitely keeps things in perspective because you're more intentional with what you're spending throughout the day. And there's an app called Trail Wallet that you can put in your daily budget and it helps you keep track of it so that you know like, okay, I only have 30 bucks left for the day. So what is that? what does that look like for the rest of the day? Right. But we'll talk more about that kind of stuff yeah. like in the budget one. Yep. Um, and then just real quick, the last... So we talked about shoestring budget. And again, it's like while you're listening to this, asking yourselves, where do I think I kind of fall in here? Like, Mm -hmm. so the shoestring budget, super frugal, the mid-range traveler, which is still budget, but that's definitely more us. And then the last one is the bougie traveler. And basically... I mean, it is what it is. Like, you eat pricey food. You're going to go to the more American-style tourist places you're gonna expensive restaurants um, fancy hotels with room service and a butler and like i mean i mean that with bougie i mean you really have no limit you can go as far as you want but i think there's definitely time tours every day running drivers yeah, yeah like how we are on vacation correct right um And I think we have bougie moments. And so we have to budget in for those bougie moments because we know we're going to have those, which we've already talked about, the restaurants and hotels, et cetera. Uh, But we're not bougie all the time. So if again, if you're somebody who always wants to stay at a nicer hotel and you you, you don't want to do a dorm or I'm sorry, not a dorm. You don't want to do a a hostel or an Airbnb or something like that. You always want to do a fancier hotel. You always want to go out for a nicer restaurant, things like that you're going to do tours every day, then your budget is going to be a lot heftier. Yeah. yeah. We're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Um, getting into our daily budget, mm-hmm. just again, we'll go over this super quick because we're going to do a whole budget in this series of kind of breaking this down a little bit more. But our goal is to spend $100 a day. And that's for both of us. So that's 50 bucks a person. Yep. And that should go a long way. Um, you were really hoping, like we said, and, and that $100 a day is what we've been doing here in Florida just to see. And we've been doing really well with it. There's some days that we only spend 60 bucks, And mm-hmm. so that $40 rolls over into the next day, which is really cool to actually see it in action and be able to know that if we can keep it while we're here in the States, then we should do really well going through South America, Southeast Asia, yeah. and things like that, which then will then roll us over for when we go to the more expensive places like Europe, Australia, things like that. Right, because $100 a day, I mean, again, you could live like a king in places like oh Southeast Asia and South America because they're they're very inexpensive, again, depending on how you're going to travel. But when you go to like Europe, it's going to be more expensive or New Zealand or Australia, like Aaron said. So it's going to roll over into that. So that is our goal is to spend $100 a day and that is what we've said is, you know, 52 weeks, like one whole year, $100 a day. We've added that up. And that was the number that we wanted to take with us 
overseas. And just real quick, because um, again, we're going to do a whole pod on on the budget thing. But if you if you're wondering how we came up with that number, because that's just kind of like an arbitrary number of like oh, a hundred dollars a day. Like, how did we get there? There's tons of blogs. I mean, you can literally just Google like if you if you know where you're gonna want to go, you can Google like daily budget for Lima, Peru, daily budget for Italy, daily budget for France, wherever you you want to go. And there's tons of information that can kind of give you a roundabout of what it's going to look like per day based on, again, if you're a mid-level budgeter, whatever. And that can kind of give you an idea of how much you're going to need every single day based off where you're going. So for us, like everything that we kind of like Googled, it was averaging about $75 a day for a couple. And so we gave ourselves more wiggle room before those bougier moments. And so we said, okay, let's do a hundred bucks a day because we'll probably go over that just knowing our history. Mm-hmm. So we felt like a hundred was more of a, it was just a better it feel, balance. It felt better. And yeah. it's something that we could get behind. And it was something that we knew we could accomplish when it came down to saving yeah and so again we're we'll keep you posted because we actually haven't started this yet we're not traveling like we said until probably next year um when covid clears up and so we'll keep you posted and kind of we'll like we might be like oh my god we're only spending 50 bucks a day or we might be like oh we're doing 150 right but 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 i also think is once you really you hear this podcast like we said nobody there's not really any international borders that are open right now so if if Traveling long term has really been sitting with you, and I know based off of you know the last podcast, uh, we had a lot of comments which we loved. It was so cool to see all the comments pour in um, about people wanting to take a gap year or concerned about the budget, and so that's why this series is going to be really cool. Um, but it really gives you that time right now to maybe downsize your life a little bit to set yourself up when you have that number. You can put that number in. You can see how long it would take you to save up that number times you know, 52 weeks or 365. Um, And so then once you have that number, you can see how you can work that out because that really does shrink it down and it gives you a light at the end of the tunnel and a number to achieve. Yeah, 100%. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Let us know um, in the feedbacks or the review section on Apple Pods or DM us on Instagram at Kim and Energy. We love hearing from you guys. And when, like, when you listen to a pod and you like the pod, like, we love to hear that feedback. So let us know what kind of traveler do you think you are. And we're also going to do a Q&A in this series where we're going to answer some questions you guys have specifically about budgeting for a gap year, gap time off. And so leave us a question in the in the review section or yeah. DM us a question. We're going to gather questions. We're going to answer them. And in this series, we're going to do a whole, like, really trying to group together good information to help people kind of get started with this process Mm -hmm. of planning, prepping, getting yourself ready to take a a good amount of time off to go travel. Yeah, for people to get gapped. To get gapped. I love love it. it. Get gapped. Yep. You're working that one hard. I'm working it. I'm feeling it. I know. That's the second podcast in a row, so... You know, are, we, are you good? I think that's it. I that's think it. that's a wrap for this one. We'll have uh, part two next week. And in the meantime, let us know. Again, leave us a review. Leave us feedback. And... Get gapped. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.